Hi, this is Riley Haney, and you're listening to The People Podcast. Welcome on into episode 16 of The People Podcast, where I'm chatting with Riley Haney, who is a Navy veteran turned artist. And let me tell you, Riley is easily one of the most unique artists I have ever come across. So Riley makes calligrams, which are images composed of words. He's made prints with every lyric to certain songs, every word from the broadcast when his Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago, every word from movies that star certain superheroes, and so much more. You can find all of his work at detentionart.com, and really all it takes is one quick glance at his website to appreciate the patience and attention to detail that Riley incorporates into all of his work. It was super fun to highlight his story this week, and Riley was also generous enough to donate a print for one lucky listener to win. It's a beautiful sunflower print that is composed of the lyrics from the Beatles hit song, Here Comes the Sun. Riley handwrote every word for this print just like he does for all his prints. Now, I know you want the details on how to enter the giveaway, so check out the show's Instagram page, The People Podcast, with a zero as the second O, and you'll see everything you need to know. Entering the giveaway is quick and easy, and trust me, it's going to be worth it. But that's enough for me. Let's hear from the star of this week's episode, Riley Haney. Riley, it's a real treat to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pretty excited to be here. Like I said, I've, I've never really done anything like this before, so it should be pretty fun. Awesome. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you on the show. I read on your website, Riley, that you got started with art because as a disabled Navy veteran, you were looking for a path outside of a normal job. And then after a trip to WonderCon 2018, that path ended up being art. So first off, for those that don't know, what is WonderCon? And second, how did that event inspire you to get started? Yeah, so uh, WonderCon is in a similar vein to San Diego Comic-Con. They're actually under the same San Diego Comic-Con umbrella, uh, but it's a comic convention up in Anaheim, California, where I went with my mom. My whole family's into comics and stuff, and uh, we were kind of walking around, and this was I was in the throes of dealing with my disability from the military, uh, which is super common. Like, there are so many guys out there who really struggle with rejoining the workforce after leaving military in general, but especially after leaving the military disabled, um, it can be kind of a, kind of a lonely path. So at that point in time, I was just kind of looking for where I fit into the world, looking for my niche. And we came across this artist who does something similar. His name's Mike. And he, like you said, just writes everything left to right, top to bottom and leaves gaps to fill out space. So basically he wrote all of the words from Princess Bride into a, a, a screenshot of the movie. And uh, I really loved that. And I talked to him for a while. I emailed him a couple times and it was great because he was, he was just very welcoming. Like some artists are very territorial with their styles or with things they've developed, excuse me. And uh, Mike was the complete opposite. He was just like, yeah, email me if you have any questions, I'll help you out. And, and he did that. And from day one, I, I really wanted to separate myself from him because he's just such a unique and, and talented artist, but I wanted to kind of strike my own path. So um, the first print that I made, uh, I'm from Philadelphia and the Eagles had just won the Super Bowl. And I thought like, okay, he does all movies and he does like screenshots and stuff. So I figured I would write out every single play 
from the Super Bowl that the Eagles just won uh, just for like our house. My wife and I had just bought our first house and I was kind of looking for fun new decorations. And uh, I wrote it out and it looked really good. And I put it online to show my friends. And within like three or four days, I had maybe 200 requests for purchase. I had uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia just did a story on me. And I kind of I just looked at my wife and I was like, hey, do I like do this now? <laughs> Is this like what I do? So uh, since then, yeah, I've made about 40 prints. And it's been a crazy journey where at the beginning I was very hesitant to call myself an artist, but now it's, you know, I'm, I'm spending three plus months on different prints, depending on their sizes. I, I make my living almost entirely from commissions and it's just been this really, really rad journey that kind of sprang out of, of nothing. <laughs> what an incredible journey. And I got to circle back to this Philadelphia Eagles thing, because obviously, you know, monumentous event that they win the Super Bowl. Now, when you say you wrote down every play, are you talking about the name of each play that the Eagles ran or in the entire game? So basically in football, there are two commentators for anybody who doesn't know. There's a there's a play-by-play commentator who literally just says what's happening on the field, and then there's a color commentator who kind of adds a little flavor. He tells you about what that guy had for dinner last night or his daughter's name or, you know, anything else going on in his life to kind of keep things interesting. So when I write a play-by-play, and I've done, I think, five Super Bowls, I've done a Stanley Cup Game 7, I've done a World Series Game 7. Um, but when I write a play-by-play like that, uh, it is the entire announcer's transcript for all the plays and then most of the color commentary as well. I can't add all of the color commentary, but for my Super Bowl posters, at least every single play call is in there. So it's literally what the announcer is saying while they're playing on the field. Okay, I was wondering how you pulled that off. Now, that is one <laughs> tall task, though. How did you get the transcription of the play-by-play? Well, uh, for, for, the, for the movies and the musicians, it's kind of easy. Uh, movies, it's a little trickier. I have to use the subtitle files. Um, but for the football games, any subtitle files are just garbage. Like the, the announcers can barely pronounce some of these guys' names. So asking a, you know, an AI subtitle bot to do that is just absolutely impossible. So believe it or not, for the football games and the hockey games and the baseball games, I actually sit there with a recording of the game and just pause it and play it. As I as as the game goes on and the announcers say whatever they say, I'll you know uh, it'll say like uh, Gronkowski pulls it down for a touchdown and I'll pause it and I'll write that and then I'll play it and get the next part. It's really tricky because uh, one of the points of pride for me is that everything fits perfectly. So whenever you see a print of a movie that I've made, it is every single word. I go through it one time. Nothing is skipped. Nothing is repeated it fits perfectly in the space that I designed for it. So it's easy with movies when you have the word count ahead of time and you can kind of mass out where everything's going to go. But for football games, I really just kind of have to write small enough to to figure it out later on and, and use the time of the game as an estimation for how much space I have left to write. So hopefully like I'll hit halftime right in the middle of the print or whatever. Um, and it can be really, really nerve wracking, especially in the last like two or three inches of a print. But uh, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's worked out so far. The, the 
neuroticism has paid off to where I've never had to rewrite a poster before. You mentioned that for veterans like yourself, it can be tough to find your footing after your service. Have you encountered any other veterans in the art field or inspired them to try it? Uh, art, not necessarily. I, like I said before we started this, I've, I've been really trying to get back on the scene um, and be, you know, go to in-person events and really associate myself with the community. Um, but I, I know a lot of veterans who unfortunately subscribe to the first part of that, who don't really feel like they belong and can't really find their way. Um, and that's one of my goals with art is to maybe reach out and, and try to help people out. Uh, I know there's a great organization out here in San Diego called stack up and, uh, I might be making a mural for them at their new headquarters or making a, a cool custom piece of art for them. And basically they just help veterans, uh, get on their feet, anything they need, if they need to find a job, if they need to, you know, get housing, anybody can reach out to them and basically say, Hey, I need help. Riley on your website, you wrote that depending on the size, you've spent anywhere from six hours to 60 hours on a piece. Do you remember what piece took you the longest to create? Was it that Eagles one? Oh yeah. No, no, no. The Eagles was my first print. And, uh, that actually I've been meaning to rewrite because, I think it looks great, but it's, it's my first print. You know, it's the first one I ever did. I was kind of fumbling my way through it. And now 40 prints later, I could, uh, I could make it look really pretty. But uh, yeah, most recently, I actually just finished up a huge commission where I hand wrote every single word of dialogue from uh, Infinity War plus Avengers Endgame uh, into one giant print. And it's 24 by 36 inches. It's a full movie poster size. Uh, and for that, I actually had to make completely original digital painting of all six Avengers with Thanos in the middle and uh, start to finish this is my full-time job. Uh, I do it all day, every day, start to finish. It took me a little over three months uh, of just working on it every single day. And it was a huge hit. I, I just went to San Diego Comic-Con and it was a huge hit there. And I'm really glad I had it finished, but man, it, it, it kind of took it out of me. I was, uh, I, I was halfway through looking at it like, man, I'm never going to do a print this big again ever. And then I finished it and saw the finished version. And I thought like, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do Lord of the Rings extended edition next. Like who knows what, maybe one more big print, you know, I'm just a glutton for punishment like that. I love it. And each one you do, I have a feeling you're going to want to do another one after that, <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's yeah. amazing. Do you know what's the most words you've written on a print? Yeah. So that one was 24,000 words. Uh, it was a little, it was a little more than that. I did chart out the Lord of the Rings extended edition and that would be 30,000 words. <laughs> but, uh, other than those two, which are kind of cheating cause they're like physically bigger, uh, the largest 18 by 24 print, which is the size I usually work in, uh, would probably be my Washington nationals print because <laughs> for football, how I mentioned there are two commentators, one for play by play and one for color in baseball. They don't really do that. <laughs> they just talk the whole time and they'll intersperse sentences with like totally random facts so that it, with a football print, it's easy to kind of edit as I go and keep what I need to keep. But for baseball, it'll be like, you know, Johnny Hammersmith, he's walking up to the plate and he has three strikes in this game and he had a cheeseburger for dinner last night. And his, his daughter's name is Susie and there he hits a home run. Like there's no way to cut it efficiently. So my national print ended up being like, probably like 20,000 words in a really small space. 
So I, I'd probably hesitate before I made another baseball poster like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. Baseball can be all over the place on the broadcast, but I'm yeah. kind of worried about you, Riley. Have you ever had carpal tunnel writing all these words over and over? <laughs> a carpal tunnel is, I, I like to joke that it's looming. Like carpal tunnel and the Grim Reaper are just kind of best friends in my life where, you know, both of them are coming sooner or later, but they're, they're just hanging out together buying their time. Uh, I do have a, I have a hand massaging machine and I have a whole stretching routine that I worked out with a, uh, with a therapist once upon a time. But yeah, I, sometimes I wear a splint to bed. If I have a heavy, heavy day of writing, I have to take a couple of days off afterwards. And that's like, you know, no video games, no real heavy mouse computer work. Um, because when I'm not writing, I'm working on Photoshop or Adobe Premiere. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a hand centric career I've chosen here. So hopefully my, my, my tendons are, are chilling for the time being. All right. Well, yeah, it sounds like they're coming for you, but you just keep fighting against it, Riley. Um, I'll have all the info in the episode description, but if you want a custom print for a birthday, wedding, or a special occasion, you can email Riley at info at detentionart.com. How did the custom print business come about for you, Riley? And do you remember the first one you did? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, what was the first custom that I made? Uh, I think, actually, honestly enough, uh, to tie into this, um, somebody reached out to me about two years ago and asked for a Mother's Day gift, and their mother happened to enjoy uh, the Beatles. And there's a song, Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles, that this young man wanted to make in the shape of a sunflower. And I usually don't do that sort of thing. One song does not have nearly enough words to make a shape like that. So we kind of worked together and I, I talked to him about it and explained the whole process. And uh, we decided on just repeating the song a couple times and writing it in the shape of the sunflower anyway. So uh, it turned out I didn't, the whole time I was writing the same thing, I was just like, this sucks. I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's not going to turn out well, which is just the mind of an artist. I'm very self-critical. And then at the end, it was like this awesome little print. And, uh, I'm actually, I'd, I'd, I'd like to help you out and, and participate in a giveaway for any of your listeners to pick up one of these prints. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no better time than now to announce it then, Riley, that you have been generous enough to donate one of these Here Comes the Sun prints for the show. And we're doing a giveaway on my Instagram page, The People Podcast on Instagram. So go there right now and make sure you enter the giveaway so that you can win this print. It's really cool. It looks beautiful. And it's cool to hear the backstory on that, Riley. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I'm very happy to support, you know, burgeoning artists. I think podcasting is an art. This is just such a mystery to me. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I, I just, every time I kind of think about the production behind one, knowing what I know now about making my own art, like it's just, it's just incredible the amount of effort that, that you put into this and that other people put into their podcasts. Like it's totally mind blowing. Hey, that's the way I feel about your field, Riley. So the respect <laughs> is mutual. I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, you said you've done 40 prints in total. Have you ever finished a print that you intended to sell, but when you finished it and you're looking at the final product, you were thinking like, damn, I got to keep this for myself. I, I haven't walked that exact line, um, but there have been a couple prints where it's very clear in my head. I'll go on to make it and I'll have it in my head the whole time and I'll see this perfect image of a print. And then at the end, it just, doesn't really work out the way that you saw it the whole time and it breaks your heart, but like you have to change some of it or all of it. And one of these is uh, Loki. I hand wrote all of the dialogue from the first three episodes of the uh, Loki series on Disney plus. And 
I had this really cool vision of like a Loki print and then a Sylvie print if you watch the show. Uh, and they would be companion pieces and Loki would be orange and brown and like all the, all that cool color palette from the show. And then Sylvie would be green and, and silver and Loki colors. Um, but I got to the end of the Loki print, which was the first one I did. And like the colors were just not working. Like I eventually did make it uh, shades of orange and, and black and white, but it, it, it took me so much longer at the end of that print to customize the colors than what it normally does. Um, and so going forward, especially with commissions, I actually just had to bow out of a commission because same thing happened. Like he wanted it by Christmas, which is already an extremely tight deadline for me. Um, and I put it together. I, I can't tell you what it is, unfortunately, because I'm still coming out with it. But uh, I sat down and I, I went to lay out the design for the print and it just like, it was so clear in my head. And when I put it in Photoshop, it just didn't work at all. So I had to unfortunately write back to him and be like, look, dude, this isn't going to happen by Christmas because I would rather work really hard on the design for three weeks than force it out in like two days and have to work on a piece of art that I'm not happy with or that isn't up to my standards, you know? Yeah, definitely. I first found out about you because I saw a Twitter thread about, it was something like, what was your biggest accomplishment in 2021? I want to see you flex what you did. And you posted that you got into San Diego Comic-Con as an artist for the first time. So number one, congratulations. And number two, how long had that been a goal for you? And what was the experience like? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. First of all. Uh, but basically I got stationed out here in San Diego from Philadelphia in, uh, 2011. Uh, I was in the Navy and I was young kid, you know, I joined the Navy when I was 18 and the first year I was out here, I got a ticket to San Diego Comic-Con, which if you're familiar with San Diego Comic-Con, just getting a ticket is like a huge get. It's so hard any given year. So the first year I was in San Diego to be able to get, it was just a one day ticket was spectacular. So I was able to walk around, you know, this is like, this is like comic book Mecca. And for somebody who grew up reading Spider-Man, it's so rad to be able to be there. And it was actually my first con as well that I, that I visited as an attendee. And I kind of just walked around and loved it and went to a couple conventions after that. And I realized that for most conventions that you go to, the show is pretty much the same. Like pretty much everybody is going to have comic books and like keychains and whatnot and little doodads and action figures. Uh, so I found out that the best place to go at any convention was, uh, it's called Artist's Alley. And it's this half of the convention floor that's literally just like small tables with people sitting behind them who want to sell you their art. And the, the requirements to get in are really strict. Like it has to actually be like art prints or like something that you make. It can't just be stuffed animals or, you know, whatever, something you bought from China. So I, I, I started to love going to con after con, walking through Artist Alley and really seeing all the different things because while the rest of the con is the same, Artist Alley is always different and always super unique and inspiring. And uh, yeah, after after going to see Mike at WonderCon that one year, I started to really think about creativity and how I could represent myself um, in this crowd and in this sphere. And uh, I, I still can't really draw. Like, I'm not a painter. I'm not a traditional artist in that I'll sit down and sketch something out. Um, but... I have really great handwriting <laughs> and I have a lot of patience. So I, I kind of figured like, you know, Hey, I can learn Photoshop and graphic design and design my own posters. 
and then just write them out. And I can mix all these things that on their own wouldn't be that impressive. But when put together, it's like this really cool, unique journey to a piece of art. Um, so I started to look, obviously, at San Diego Comic-Con because a lot of my stuff is Marvel-themed or film-themed. And, uh, yeah, I applied. And this year was a little odd because it's San Diego Special Edition, which was like this smaller COVID con. Uh, and next year, the real event is in July. And I'm not even guaranteed to get in next year, even though I, I got in this year because the waiting list is like five years long. Um, but I'm crossing my fingers. We did really, really well at Comic-Con. We, we got a great reception, whole bunch of people coming up and saying like, you know, they've been coming to San Diego Comic-Con for 20 years and never seen anything like this. And it's just so cool to hear, especially for someone who like for a long time, I struggled with calling myself an artist and like feeling like an artist, you know, the imposter syndrome is very real because all I do is write in my mind, you know, that's, that's a big thing obviously, but it's hard to reconcile my style with someone else's style when they can paint like an absolutely gorgeous portrait of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. And I'm just like writing words down, <laughs> you know? So it, it was a little hard to reconcile at first, but after that, I'm, I'm kind of on the path and I'm ready to go. And, and I'm trying, trying, trying to get into Comic-Con again next year because it's going to be the full big event. And uh, I'm really excited for that. That's awesome. Well, good luck to you in getting into that. Um, so you've gotten into San Diego Comic-Con. You're trying to get into it again. But is there anything else you're striving for next as an artist? Uh, yeah, licensing, man. <laughs> if anybody listening to this knows... Like anybody, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm dying to talk to the NFL, talk to the MLB. Uh, I think that could really bring things to the next level, and I think that could bring this style of art into kind of the the main focus, the worldview, and really work with a couple different companies or brands to to make it legit, to make myself legit. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I never really thought of that, that you could, if you get a licensing deals with one of these organizations or even a smaller one at first, then you start to, you know, make some headway and eventually the big names will take notice. Yeah, hopefully. And that's going again on social media. I, I've long considered social media to be the opposite of art. <laughs> you know, like art is really nourishing and it's good for you and it's fun to do. And social media just like drains everything out of you. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I have a resolution this year that I'm going to really double down on social media and try to use it as a tool for good, you know, and connect communities and connect to different artist communities and donate to charity and things like that. Um, but in the short term, uh, man, just, just, just working. I'm sure, you know, with the podcast, your social media is great on Instagram and it takes work. Like it, it's draining and it takes work. So I got to buckle down on that. Yeah. Thanks man. It, it's tough. And to your point, I, I'm kind of in the same conflict where like, I don't want to be on social media myself, but to promote my right. podcast and reach out to guests, it's just like too valuable of a service to ignore. So I feel you on that. Um, but last question, Riley, I'm seeing all these amazing prints on your website. We're talking about all these cool prints and I'm thinking I got to have one of these for myself. Is there any way I can order a custom print of my show's logo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could definitely work on that. I'm swamped for the holidays. Um, but uh, yeah, shoot me an email and we can chat about it. I have a whole commission email that I can send you that has way more information than I like to give in person. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, I really appreciate it, Riley. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for donating the Here Comes the Sun print for my show. And I wish you nothing but success on your journey ahead. Yeah, you bet, man. Have a great holiday season, all right?
Well, what a fun chat that was with Riley Haney, one of the coolest artists I've ever seen. And it was so much fun to highlight his story on the People podcast. I loved hearing about how we fine tune his art style, how his business came together, and what's next for him. After listening to this episode, I have a feeling that you're going to want some sick Caligram art for your house, apartment, or office. So make sure you check Riley out at detentionart.com. And if you want to get a free print, enter the People Podcast giveaway on Instagram for a chance to win Riley's amazing Here Comes the Sun sunflower print. I have a link to the Instagram giveaway post in this episode's description. So head there and see how you can enter. That concludes episode 16 of the People Podcast. And it also concludes all the shows for 2021. The People Podcast will be taking a two-week hiatus for the holiday season. And we're going to pick up right where we left off on the first Wednesday of 2022, January 5th. Thanks as always for listening. It has been such a fun year of creating content and sharing stories. And I just can't wait to do even more of it next year. So I'll see all of you in 2022 for more episodes, more learning, and more laughter. 